Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org, talking about movies as we do each week right here. Uh, sometimes we have filmmakers, sometimes we just grab people off the street. Sometimes we have other film critics, so uh, it's all about the movies. Today, uh, happy to have uh, Matt Brunson back as a guest. Matt, welcome, buddy. Hey, thank you. Uh, Matt is with the uh, Creative, Creative Loafing and also with, uh, tell me about the Savannah place again, man. Oh, it's called uh, Connect Savannah. It's uh, it's like Creative Loafing. It's an alternative news weekly in that city. Good deal. Well, uh, man, the uh, the summer is um, not officially wrapped up. I mean, we've got Labor Day is when that official day that, that, that they say, yeah, okay, summer's gone. Now we're really talking about the fall. Well, well, today we're going to really talk about the summer that was and uh, and look back at what are some of the hits and misses of the summer and uh, and also take some time looking at um, at uh, August. And I thought we could kind of go ahead and start about August and talk about uh, a film that opens uh, opens uh, actually opens uh, this weekend opened uh, on Thursday. Uh, the film has been her and uh, give people some th- thoughts about that movie and uh, and look at what else has happened in August. Um, you know, surprises, not surprises. Then we'll kind of look at, uh, at you know, what we liked and didn't like and what we were disappointed with and, uh, and also what we thought, wow, just blew us away, if there was anything that blew us away in the summer. Uh, sound like a plan? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, good deal. Uh, we do appreciate our listeners, and uh, they can always find us at uh, org, and uh, the link there to our live stream and also uh, linking to any of our on-demand programming, which includes uh, you can download Cinema Scene and listen to it anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Um, let's talk about Ben-Hur, since that's uh, the, the movie that's on a lot of people's minds this weekend. Uh, as it's, uh, you know, it, uh, it was funny talking to people who are like, hey, this is a remake. I'm like, well, it's really, it, the, the movie's been out there. We thought, well, what, three versions of it, plus the animated version. That's, that's four versions. So it's really uh, it's a reinterpretation of the novel if you really want to if you really want to be accurate about it, correct? Yeah, uh, the the producers even said this is not a remake of the 1959 um, movie. Uh, they wanted to make that clear since that one won you know record 11 Academy Awards, and they probably didn't want to be compared to that one all the time. Yeah, but it's one of those things that, that they can't help but be compared to because. When you win 11 Academy Awards for a movie, and if it's got the same title as another one you're trying to make, you can't help but have comparisons. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, especially when you have these huge set pieces that are known by people who haven't even seen, you know, that version of the movie, or really any version, uh, so it's just the big chariot race. Right. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to be aware that there was a chariot race in an older version, whether yeah. you've seen it or not. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the book... The book goes back to 1880, so I mean it's it's before you and I were born, a few years, and um, yeah, maybe two or three. <laughs> but but um, you know it was an incredibly successful book, and uh, two silent films based on it. But really, the woman Charlton Heston is the one that gets the most recognition, of course. Um, so there was a lot going against this movie from the start, just because of that um, being attached to that, whether you want to be uh, separated from it or not. If you carry the same name, it's going to be connected to it. Mm-hmm. So, so give me your uh, your thoughts on uh, on the movie itself. Um, where do you think it worked, and where do you think it didn't work? Well, I guess it, uh, you'd have to look at it both. I mean, you are going to compare it to the the 1959 version, and uh, to me, that's one of the 
the best of the many, many religious epics that were made back in the day. And uh, this one falls short uh, in many ways. And even if it's on its own terms, it's just kind of so-so. Uh, what's interesting about it, I thought, was that the character dynamics, the relationship between Judah and Masala, for instance, uh, that stuff was remained fairly interesting. Where it really failed was in the big action scenes. You know, you think, oh, the chariot race, they're going to be able to do that, you know, just as well as before, and right. not even close. I yeah. mean, back then, the chariot race, not just because they had real stunt people doing it, but it was just edited to, for maximum effect. In this one, I found, in addition to the you know overuse of CGI, I thought it was just really choppy editing. I mean, it's just amazing how many close-ups there were and quick cuts, and it really made the whole thing um, often unintelligible. And the same thing with the galley scene uh, where he's in the ship, you know, rowing along with hundreds of other men. That was just, I thought, badly shot. You couldn't even hardly see what was going on. So in the big pieces that you think that would be the the set pieces that would be the defining you know thrust of the movie I thought that's where it mostly failed. Yeah and and it had you know the the thing is this movie had such promise and such potential for those kind of things specifically um and yeah you you're right it it did fall short um I also thought um that it fell short on the um the, the story standpoint the story was there but um, the resolution wrapped up way too quickly at the end. Uh, and the movie was two and a half hours long, which is, which is a long film. But um, you've got a lot of this buildup, and then all of a sudden there's this one scene that kind of ties it on a little bow, and everything's okay and all right again. And to me, that just felt forced. It really did. It was just like they had their happy ending, and then they're like, well, let's add another happy ending, and then another one. Right, and, right. you know, I, I, I know they were trying to make the point of, you know, Miracles do happen and such, but I think it just overplayed its hand, particularly at the end. Yeah, it, it, did, it didn't feel real, and I think that was the uh, what I was hoping for because I did appreciate the relationship between the brothers, you know, um, and, and, seeing, uh, and seeing that relationship kind of develop, and you, you saw how much they cared for each other from when they were younger, but then you start mm-hmm. seeing it kind of fall apart. I would have actually loved to have seen, you know, what caused that to fall apart a little more because it, it almost like it just kind of happened. And, um, there was a choice that was made that kind of made that, um, made that relationship dissolve almost immediately. And it was, I would have liked to have seen a little more there. Um, but, um, it really was a tale of two brothers. It it was, it was not really Mm -hmm. the tale of, uh, Ben Hur. It was the, the tale of Ben and his, uh, his adopted brother, uh, when you get right down. Yeah. And, well, and also there was uh, more with uh, Jesus in it, because, yeah, you know, in the yeah. old versions, they, they never could show, like, his face or even really have him speak. So here he's, you know, actually a character. But again, how much they work him into the story, I thought, was kind of, you know, time silly. But, right. you know, just putting the uh, dots over the I's and crossing the T's in every aspect. Yeah. So what, what, rating, uh, what rating are you giving this? Uh, I don't know. I'm still writing the review right now. Yeah. Uh, it would be like a negative to a mixed review. There's gotcha. stuff in it I did like, but overall I was certainly disappointed. Yeah. What's interesting is they're predicting a huge you know, bomb because it costs like right. $100 million, right. right. But they're, they say they don't really track. You know, They track everything through Fandango and polls and all that. They don't really track the faith-based audiences. So they're not sure that it may turn out to you know, have a – big groundswell that they're not looking at, or it may indeed be a colossal flop. Yeah, it, that, there's a lot to, to see what will happen with this. I think ultimately 
uh, once uh, you know once the uh, the post box office wraps up, I think it'll do okay in in, uh, in the home entertainment realm. It'll probably make its money back there. But uh, my yeah. rating was kind of a C plus for it. it, it I thought it was uh, was average. There were there were some of the things I really did like about it. I, I liked the uh, some of the set designs, the uh, the costuming, the locations, and some of those the technical aspects of it. For the most part, I liked. I, I do have the same problems that you did with some of those scenes, but um, but I thought it looked pretty decent, and I thought mm-hmm. the acting was pretty decent. Um, you know, I, I thought it was okay, but um, but really those those story holes and those kind of gaps there, and um, that really that really watered it down for me. And so uh, yeah. C plus was about the best that I could do. It was not by it was by far not the worst. Kind of epic. Oh no, certainly not. Piece that I've seen, seen and, and not even close to the the best I've ever seen either. But uh, it, yeah. it, somebody had said, "Hey, it's as good as Gladiator," and to me, it didn't even come close to to, to Gladiator, <laughs> whether you like Gladiator or not. So yeah, well, it's funny because the director did that Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yes, and yes. Considered everybody knows the story, they should have just done Ben Hur Vampire Hunter. <laughs> I think that would have that been pretty funny. I like it. I like it, man. I like it a lot. Well, uh, what else in August? We had uh, an interesting August opening with uh, with Suicide Squad, which uh, opened to uh, not so stellar reviews, but uh, but did incredibly well uh, the opening weekend, and actually did end up winning weekend two. And, and they're saying it's possible mm-hmm. it could win weekend three here up against uh, Ben Hur. So let's get your thoughts on uh, on Suicide Squad and what what else we've seen in August uh, with Sausage Party as well. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, the first week of August was really the last big uh, weekend of the summer. Right. There's always, obviously, you have a few more weeks, but that's always when they position a movie they think can pretty much rule the month. They did that, you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. They did it even as far back as, um, I believe, The Fugitive or right. Air Force One. One of those was, like, released first week in August. So it's always a good strategy, and with Suicide Squad, they certainly had something that a lot of people wanted to see for whatever reasons, um, good or bad. Uh, curiosity, even if it's not just fandom, and uh, so it was the right time to position it because you know it's pretty much been wiping everything else out, um, which is sad because you know, I'm not a big fan of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's, it's as far as superhero movies go, it's probably the weakest I've seen um, in, well, in quite a while. Maybe as far back as uh, that ill-fated Fantastic Four last summer. Yeah, you know, um, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, it, it, and it, it again was a movie that had strong promise. You know, it had mm-hmm. incredible promise, but it did not deliver. And um, you talk about things feeling forced. I mean, there to me, I felt that the humor uh, that they tried to inject felt forced. And it, it, to me, it felt like they were trying to, okay, let's uh, let's do what Marvel does well, and they just couldn't yeah. they couldn't find a way to do it well. Not not in my opinion. Yeah, that's the problem with DC is um, that. You know, Marvel's like spent all these years giving like almost every superhero their own movie or two movies, and then they built up to the Avengers. Right. And now with um, Batman v Superman, uh, which I have to say I didn't hate like everybody else. I was mixed on that one, but between that one and Suicide Squad, now they're just you know they're just trying to catch up to Marvel. And you know what they've been doing it for ten years, they're trying to catch up within like one or two years, and that's why everything seems so cluttered and rushed and not very well developed. Yeah. They, you know, they did so well with uh, with Christopher Nolan's, uh, you know, the Dark Knight uh, trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, when they were doing that, they were doing that very well. And, and, mm-hmm. and it worked. And so, um, 
I think if they would play their game instead of trying to play Marvel's game, I think they would. They might find more success. Yeah, I think so too. And um, and it's not a knock on Ben Affleck as Batman, right? Because I right. actually think he's pretty good. Yeah, I, do too. I don't like Henry Cavill as Superman at all. At all, yeah. but um, you know, in this movie, the big problem is uh, Jared Leto as the Joker. I mean, it's such an iconic role. It won Heath Ledger an Oscar, well deserved. And, you know, you kept hearing all the buzz about, oh, he's going to steal the show. And, you know, he's been doing some method acting on the set that's driving his co-stars crazy. And, uh, first of all, I didn't think he was that interested as a character. And, second, he was really not in the movie that much. Yeah. It's really funny how that much they built it around him. And he's just basically, you know, popped up here and there. Yeah, he was, he was on the movie. He was on screen maybe 15 minutes. Um, you know, if, if, I, if I could make myself go back and watch it again, I'd, I'd actually, you know, get a stopwatch and, and do that. Yeah. But, I, but I'm not going to endure that pain a second go around. <laughs> um, but but uh, to me, his storyline didn't add anything to the movie. It actually distracted from it for me. It did, and it, it's also resulted in some of the ugly scenes in the movie. I mean, that relationship with Harley Quinn... Um, I don't think is handled very well. I mean, right. it's pretty distasteful. And um, Margot Robbie, I think it's fine. Will Smith, I think, you know, he brings his usual personality to the role. Yep. But uh, I thought all the other characters were just not interesting, just dead weight. Yeah. And the villain, too, the Enchantress. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. one of those movies where you keep waiting for, like, them to finish with that storyline so right. they can get on with the main stuff. And then yeah. you realize that is the main stuff. And that's real disappointing. Yeah, the one character that, that intrigued me uh, a bit was Diablo. Um, just kind of his, the choices mm-hmm. he made not to do the things that everybody wanted him to do. I would have loved to have seen some more from him on that. That was that was kind of, a, to me, that was interesting. But I, I, I had to work hard to find things that really interested me throughout the whole film. Um, I really did. Yeah. I really did. Okay, well, uh, let's, uh, let's back up and, and look at uh, the rest of the summer that was. And uh, give me some of your... Uh, your feelings on things that actually just kind of blew you away, or were there any? Uh, there were. I thought the summer got off to a great start. I mean, the first movie was uh, Captain America: Civil War, which, uh, unlike Suicide Squad, yes. I thought was a terrific superhero film. It it was not any sort of letdown after the individual Captain America movies, and in fact, it was a step up from, I thought, Avengers: Age of Ultron. And not that this is an Avengers movie by title, but really by feel it yeah. is because you have so many heroes in the story. Oh, yeah. Um, so I thought, you know, when that came out, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good summer. But overall, I, I thought this is one of the weakest summers in quite a while. Um, I liked that one, and I liked uh, Star Trek Beyond very much. I think that's a series that continues to, um, you know, surprise and be strong. We've had three movies now, and I've greatly enjoyed all three of them. Uh, but beyond that, there were a lot of disappointments. I'm a huge X-Men fan, and I thought X-Men Apocalypse was um, really a crushing disappointment, probably my biggest disappointment of the summer. It had some good elements, but it just did not compare to the other uh, X-Men films that we've been getting. Yeah, you and I are on the, on the same page with all of those. I felt the same way. Uh, yeah, um, the Captain America, I mean, I, as, as far as the standalone films for Marvel, I've enjoyed all the Captain America films. And uh, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. to me, was one of those films that really kind of transcended that superhero genre. I mean, it was a espionage thriller as well. And mm-hmm. um, just the brilliance of what Marvel has been able to do to tie these films all together with these threads that feel real. 
I mean, it didn't feel like, uh, okay, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to cram this in to make it work within this particular universe. It just all felt kind of natural. And, uh, and, and you're right, this was kind of Avengers 2.5 or 2.1, um, but, but it worked as a standalone film uh, as well with Captain America. Great, great film. Yeah, I, I was um, highly anticipating uh, the X-Men film, and then I came out of there going, oh, my gosh, what did I just see? You know, <laughs> what did I just see? And talk about villains, I, you know, the villain didn't do a whole lot for me. And uh, it, it, it should have, it could have, but it just didn't. And um, go ahead. No, I would say that's always a problem. You know, you have yep. to have a great villain in, in a superhero movie. And, um, you know, Oscar Isaac's a great actor, and you'd think he'd be fantastic. But the role, yep. uh, Apocalypse, really gave him nothing to do. Um, it kind of created this void in the center of this movie. Yeah, and, and so um, what was your what would you, your biggest surprise this summer, uh, either a negative or positive? Was it, was it X-Men or was there <laughs> something else? Uh, I would say a surprise, you know, there's always some movies you're like, well, do I really want to go? I might go ahead and skip it. Uh, for me, two that I thought I would skip and then ended up seeing and was really surprised by, one was The Conjuring 2, because okay. uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first Conjuring. I thought it was okay. I didn't understand all the hoopla. This one I actually think is an improvement on that. Um, I liked the the England setting. I thought that was a nice change uh, to get them out of the, you know, American Amityville horror-type settings. And then the other one was uh, The Shallows, which yes. this one I had no expectations for. Yes. And I went to see it, and it turned out to be a lot of fun. Blake Lively, really terrific in it. And, you know, people were like, oh, it's not Jaws. Well, yeah, tell me something I don't know. It's not <laughs> Jaws, but on its own, I thought it was a very efficient little thriller. Yeah, I, that was my biggest uh, surprise in a positive way was The Shallows. I, I was the same way. I'm like, ah, do I really want to go see another shark movie that takes place in the summer? <laughs> Um, and when I did, I said, wow, okay, you know what, you, you got, you got a fan here. And, and I definitely, when people were asking me, what could they go see? I said, well, check this out. Cause not a lot of people are, but, but check it out. And so, yeah, hmm. I, I've highly recommended that. Um, to me, yeah. a movie I was really looking forward to this summer, uh, because I loved the original for different reasons, but Independence Day, the original, uh, <laughs> back in 96, uh, I was a big fan of it. It was the year my daughter was born. It was actually the summer my daughter was born. And so I've got these kind uh-huh. of connections to thinking about it with with that in mind. And so sure. I'm like, you know, wow, 20 years later, um, the, the the new effects they they can do now, I'm I'm incredibly excited about it. Man, I went to see that, and, and I was just like, what the? You know, <laughs> insert whatever you want to insert here. I could not believe what I was watching. And, uh, you know, the the biggest... You knew whenever they said we're not going to give critic screenings for this, you knew that the, either one or two things was going to happen. It was going to be really, really bad, um, or they just said, well, we're going to make money and we're not going to worry about the critics. But that normally doesn't happen in the summer, but it happened twice this summer. Um, the the other, you know, Star Trek, they didn't give a screening for Star Trek Beyond either. Oh, yeah, that one was very weird. Uh, that one, though, it was screened everywhere else. It was just for some reason they decided to be cheap in Charlotte and not screen it, <laughs> which really? is really funny oh, because man. Paramount spent money to screen Zoolander Number 2 and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> here, both which were awful, and yet they didn't spend the uh, do Star Trek Beyond. So well, that I didn't understand. Yeah, but, but, but I'm, I'm like you. I was a big fan of Star Trek Beyond, and it, uh, it continues to, to find ways to make itself fresh while also, you know, playing, you know, paying tribute to the original, uh, a series and original cast. And I think this one 
did just an amazing job with that. You know, we know that mm-hmm. uh, Nimoy's not going to be back in any of them, and, and they did just a, a, a wonderful, wonderful job of, of capturing that salute to him, but also saluting that entire cast uh, from the mm-hmm. past. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Independence Day, what was your thought uh, when, you, when you went to see that? I'm like you. I, I enjoyed the original back in the day. I'd seen it a few times, and it's one. It, it was kind of like hard to criticize because it's so derivative, but it was so much fun. Right. That's how they managed to take all these elements and make them seem fresh, and you know the iconic at the time special effects and such. And this, you know, they it was what Independence Day Resurgence. And yes. It should have just been called Independence Day Regurgitation because <laughs> it was just like. Oh, bad. It just took up yeah, the yeah. same elements, but not in any interesting way. I think the minute that Will Smith said he wasn't going to be in it, they should right. have canceled the whole project. Yeah, yeah. And because it, of the new characters. I mean, I like seeing Jeff Goldblum and all them again, but the new characters, especially um, Liam Hemsworth, yeah. they were just dull as dirt. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was really uh, disappointed because I had high – I don't know that I had high expectations. I had high hopes. You know, I, I wanted to enjoy it, and I was looking forward to it. And then, uh, you know, went in there. I said, "What did you guys do this for?" I mean, it, it, it just, you know, why did you spend your money? And and, uh, and Will Smith, you know, made the, the better choice, I guess, from a money making standpoint, going to do the Suicide Squad, and then oh, sure. that be the the movie for him this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. Other films you want to chat about? Well, one I really would like to have seen it done better. Uh, it only made thirty six million, and I don't know why maybe the title, was The Nice Guys with uh, Russell Crowe yeah, and uh, Ryan yeah, Gosling. Yeah. That's a movie that if people had discovered it, they would have liked it. Uh, it's just a, a good little action movie, great great dialogue, great character relationship. Um, so that one I was sad to kind of see not do well at all. So, so you weren't really sad to see Legend of Tarzan uh, not make tons of money at the box office? No, that's actually turned out to be a little bit of a sleeper hit. Yeah. And uh, I was actually on the middle on that one. I'm a huge Tarzan fan. I used to read all the books as a kid. Um, it took some, you know, well, they all take liberties. It just, right. There were some things in there that made me cringe. But uh, that one I didn't I didn't mind. It hate as much as uh, some other people did. Um, I think the one I hate really hated, and I know this a lot of people loved it, and we're actually turning to the art house here, was uh, Swiss Army Man. Yeah. I keep hearing some people say it was just brilliant. And I think that's probably the worst movie I saw this summer. Yeah, that's, that's, it, I just thought it was unbearable. Yeah, that's on my list, too. I, I think the um, – I'll tell you what was brilliant. The trailer for it was brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. and, and watching the trailer really made me want to go see it. And, um, you know, it, it was this weekend at Bernie's meets Castaway. And, um, <laughs> you know, but it just – yeah, I'm like you. It was just – it was a pretty, pretty pitiful film. Uh, as a whole yeah. for me, and it did it did not hold me. Uh, like I said, I watched the trailer and I laughed and I enjoyed the trailer. And that's uh, if, if people have asked me, should I go see it? I'm like, oh, watch the trailer. You'll be you'll be fine. You know, <laughs> yeah, laugh laugh at the that. trailer. Don't don't spend your yeah. money. Don't spend your well earned money. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. on Well, that it's one. the guys who did um, the turn down for what video, which I just love. So my recommendation is just go watch the video for free on YouTube. There you go. Much better time. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Well, we had Spielberg. Uh, back doing a, a summer film, but he had uh, a disappointment with the BFG as far as uh, making money, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I, that's one I was really disappointed in because anytime Silver's one of those, but it's like Woody Allen and all. You know, you, you see his name in a movie, you're like, I'm going to see it no matter how good right. or bad it's going to be. Right. And this one, you know, again, 
uh, Spielberg's summer, they go together. Yeah. Uh, but this one I thought was really disappointing. And what's interesting is we basically had another movie just like it open last week in Pete's Dragon, and I thought that one was so much better. Yeah. I thought that one tapped into this whole you know, exploration of childhood and adventures and stuff. I thought that one did a much better job of tackling the same theme. Yeah, and, and it's been a good summer for family films, really, if you want to get down to it. I mean, you look at The Secret Life of Pets, um, you know, great, great mm-hmm. success. Uh, from a box office standpoint, uh, Finding Dory, of course, uh, tremendous yeah. money. And then you go back and, uh, you know, into a um, while well, back in the beginning of the year, and uh, and you had uh, the, you know, the success of Zootopia, which was a huge surprise. So family mm-hmm. films and animated films... Uh, are finding audiences. Now, the BFGA went after that. I'm sorry, uh, the BFG went after that, but didn't find success. What do you think it is about what family films are finding the audience and what family films are not, and, and what's what's the secret formula that you're seeing? Well, it's really funny, because I even posted on Facebook about it. I, I put up the top ten movies of the year so far, and five are superhero movies, and five are animated wow. movies. Wow. Yeah, animated family, because Jungle Book is one of them, and that's kind of animated, yep. with yep. so much CGI. Uh, right. So that's basically like all anybody is seeing is cartoons and superhero movies, cartoons and comic books. Um, and, you know, they're they're good and bad in them, obviously. I mean, like I said, I love Captain America Civil War. It's just if you don't make those two types of movies, <laughs> it seems like you're going to be, you know, maybe an also-ran. And that's a shame because there's so much more out there that, um, you know, I think movies can offer people. Right, and, and, and that's... Um, and that's something you and I are getting ready to really uh, think about as we're entering the fall season, because that's when you start talking Oscars, you start talking, mm-hmm. you know, award-winning, award-caliber kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, the the fall is a is definitely a, a different animal going into uh, into these last few months of the year. That's for sure. Um, you know, we, yeah, it's, in the summer you want to see a lot of great, you know, uh, as they call popcorn yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Know, and, um, and there were just so few this summer that really entertained me. Um, I did very much like the um, Ghostbusters remake, uh, which was, you know, the, the big lightning rod of the summer uh, for pretty dopey reasons. Right. Uh, and then also Central Intelligence. I yep. thought, you know, that's the type of, that that's a perfect definition of a popcorn, popcorn picture. You take two very appealing stars, you get them a screenplay that's, you know, not the most original, but it's fresh enough to yeah. keep audiences engaged. Um, those are the types of movies, you know, I want to see in the summer. Yeah. Uh, but instead, there were so many lumbering ones, so. Yeah, and, and uh, the summer is made, of course, for sequels and, uh, and franchise films and, uh, and rehashing of, of old films. I mean, that's just what, what works mm-hmm. and what draws people. But, but some, will, some are finding success, some are not. Uh, Jason Bourne, uh, also a film uh, for, for mixed reviews. you got Matt Damon coming back uh, to a film franchise again after uh, sitting out for, uh, for Hawkeye and J- Jeremy Renner, the last go-round. Go mm-hmm. uh, you know, what were your thoughts on, uh, on uh, Matt Damon coming back and this film franchise uh, keeping on? Uh, I was mixed on this one. I mean, it's obviously the weakest of the four um, Matt Damon ones. But what cracks me up is how would they always say, you know, because it's been a while since the last one, and, in the interviews, you know, he and the director are like, oh, we weren't going to make another one until we found a great script. And then they make this, and it's like, okay, you're kind of lying. This is not a great script. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting till yeah. you know, you had a, you had a spot open in your, your right. schedule, and, yeah. you know, the studio agreed to your, 
massive, what, $20 million paycheck. Right, right, exactly. Uh, so it's it's not the worst, but it, it's really unnecessary. Yeah. There's really no reason for this movie. Yeah, it, it, it's you're right. It's just a way for them to get back on, uh, you know, get on people's uh, radar once again and make a little bit of money for them. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a few years ago, um, the, uh, the the Purge uh, film started out, and that was a, you know, talk about a, a sleeper hit. Uh, that first one that came out was, a, you know, it was really a surprise. Uh, didn't cost a ton of money to make. Um, mm-hmm. You know, made a lot of money for them uh, based on what they put into it. And now here we are with uh, the, the third installment that was released uh, this summer as well. And, you know, uh, perfect timing, of course, the Purge election year. Uh, you know, don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I, I think they, that just kind of happened. They didn't plan that. That just kind of happened. Uh, did you, <laughs> did you get a chance to check that one out? And, uh, and, and, and what were your thoughts on it? Well, I have to say, I haven't seen any of the, the okay. movies in this series. Okay. Now is, yeah, is that, just, is that intentional? Um, yeah, I, with the first movie, sometimes if I miss the first one, then I really don't have a desire to catch up you know, to the sequels later, if I don't have time to go back and rent the first one. Right. And this is one that I just thought, it sounded kind of gimmicky, and I've heard that the movies are actually kind of getting better, uh, but to see the third one, I'd have to go back and watch the first, you know, two, and okay. it just didn't engage me that much. Gotcha. Well, and that's, uh, you know, that's one of the things, fortunately, we get a choice uh, when we're criticizing films and, and giving our, our reviews, is sometimes we make the calls like, you know, do I really want to spend my time watching that one when there's mm-hmm. so many other ones out there that uh, that do have my attention and want my attention. Um, yeah, and what's one thing that's really been kind of annoying this summer, and well, that's been happening a lot lately, but, you know, the, the art house movies, uh, not the big summer blockbusters, they've been kind of just sneaking into town without right. really any screenings or advance notice, and those are some of the best-reviewed movies of the summer. Like this weekend, um, Hell or High Waters opening. I've heard terrific things about that. And don't think twice is opening, and we didn't get screening for those. Right. And earlier we didn't get a screening for Love and Friendship. And, right. Um, and then you know, as you know, we we see all these movies and screenings, and it's hard to always catch up after they open. Yeah, uh, exactly. Although Hell or High Water is definitely one I'll be catching up with after it does open. Yep. Uh, are there other films you want to make sure you mention that uh, that uh, this summer uh, were on your list? Well, I guess. The worst sequel would probably be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles okay. one, but All also right. pretty bad was Alice Through the Looking Glass. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a flip side of Captain America. It was yeah. not a good way to start the summer. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, Matt Brunson, our guest today on Cinema Scene, really appreciate uh, your time uh, talking to us about the summer that was, and uh, we're uh, gearing up for the fall, and uh, we'll, have, we'll have Matt back on hopefully in a few weeks if he'll join us, and we'll talk about some of those uh, summer Sorry, some of those fall films that maybe we're looking forward to, uh, and uh, we might be talking awards with some of those as well. Any final thoughts or comments? Do you want to make sure you mention uh, websites or where people can find you and find your work? Oh, it would be at the uh, Creative Loafing website. That's www.clclt.com slash film. All right, man. Uh, Matt, thanks for your time, buddy. Really appreciate it. And, uh, All right, thank you very much. And to our listeners, you can always find us at WGWG.org online. You can also find us on uh, Facebook and SoundCloud and all sorts of other places. But if you just go to WGWG.org, that's your best place uh, to connect with us. And as always, thanks for your time. And until next time, that's Matt Brunson. I'm Noel Manning, and that's a wrap. <laughs>